0: welcome. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And I'm Tony. We're needy Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 143, recorded on February 23rd, 2021. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on NeedypinTech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on most podcasting platforms. Today's headlines First, we're gonna be talking about Simon's vision. And no, his eyes are just fine. We're gonna see several Power BI updates and news. Windows 10 has a spiffy spring release. There are updates to Solarigate. And of course, there is a new Config Manager preview. But first, Simon's vision.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. And, And actually this is, so let's backtrack a bit. Around New Year's, I started to post some quite interesting posts on LinkedIn, where I said that I was going to announce something big, something that had changed, and something I was intending to do for a foreseeable future. Most thought that I were changing job, that was not it, but rather changing my focus uh, and doing something I've wanted to do for quite a while which is focused entirely on digital workplace architecture and helping organizations build, design, implement and manage the digital workplaces of tomorrow. And today is really the the announcement and the first time I talk about this in public. So uh, enjoy and uh, I hope to hear from you afterwards where you ask me more things about how this can help your organization.
0: Was that it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. So okay, <laughs> we said 15 minutes, right? Right. So I will leave some time now for people to call.
2: <laughs> since you, do we since have you anyone will... on line number four?
1: <laughs> no, but my intention were like people have put down 40 minutes to listen to this. If I leave 10 minutes of silence, that gives them enough time to find my number. Moving on. So I want to share my vision on how organizations can envision, design, and implement a digital workplace. And the way of doing it is in practice what I base all of my assignments on, or all my engagements on, even if it's a very technical engagement I'm currently involved in. And I see this as more relevant than ever since, and we have spoken about Spencer Pitts from VMware in his three R's a couple of times. And I hope that a lot of organizations take the opportunity to get back on track after COVID-19 and really start to envision how their digital workplace should look for the future. And I also think that many organizations were lost even prior to COVID-19. They really haven't changed for a considerable amount of years. So now they have the opportunity to make a choice. But very few of the organizations around us, regardless if it's private, public, small or large, have the prerequisites needed to succeed with that on their own. Because too few see the complexity of a digital workplace and also understand the the human side of it. So I will explain during the, the coming minutes what I see as prerequisites, what an organization should start to focus on, and my view on strategy, culture, design, and, um, of course, tie this back to a couple of technical applicabilities or applications of this vision, Uh, and focus that on Microsoft technology since we are a Microsoft podcast, first and foremost. So, a digital workplace. If, If I start with... The question to both of you the first question I always ask in all of the workshops I've done on digital workplace and please be brief how does your dream digital workplace look if you got unlimited whatever and we're going to design your digital workplace how would that look
0: well the first word that I'll be using is unobtrusive <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to see it do things it it should just work is that brief enough
1: that that is absolutely fine and something i hear quite a lot so thank you and sony
2: yep i would absolutely agree unobtrusive is very important uh also you know ergonomics might have something in play as well uh but still just to make sure that i have access to what i need Uh, whatever way that's delivered doesn't really matter
1: Yep. great And what I've found, and I think we have spoken about this a couple of times already, is that when I ask a regular user, or at least that was prior to COVID, the most common reply I got were, I want two screens, please. Because that was the the mindset of many people, that that was the best they could possibly believe that they would ever get. I think that today we would get very different responses which I'm very happy for. But in my opinion, a digital workplace is built on three pillars. The the first one is humans. So the culture, the ergonomics, like you said, Tony, uh, their needs and their abilities, and the abilities that they want from a digital workplace. The second part is technology. So that can be the tools, the services, even the uh, offices where they work, furniture, hardware, software, IoT everything that is in one way or another related to technology. And then we also need frameworks. And that can be goals, which is essential, in my opinion, to succeed with this. Laws, vision, where they are in the world, since that puts a few constraints in some cases on on what you're allowed to do. HR, procurement, and a couple of other things. And even that can be things inside of an organization that requires them to change. Something like a pandemic, perhaps. And goals and the values of the workplace, and the like being a value-driven digital workplace, is something that goes hand-in-hand with leadership. And leadership isn't necessarily a manager. It can also be a visionary. But that is what I find that most organizations lacks. They don't have a clear leader. They don't have a clear vision. They aren't the north star of the organization when it comes to helping the organization to do more, be more efficient. So leadership is absolute key. And the goal for the digital workplace, of course, needs to align to business needs and business goals. But part of my goal when I help organizations is always to ensure happy users. User satisfaction needs to be key because it doesn't matter if everything else is great if the users don't want what you provide them with. Like if you get a car that does exactly everything, but you hate how it looks and you don't like the smell of the leather inside of the car, then you won't care if it does everything else very, very well. And if an organization have a hard time setting the goals, start with headlines instead. And that's something actually a customer inspired me to do, that they envisioned what headlines the newspapers would write about their digital workplace when they're done with their transformation.
0: I'm not sure that SolarWinds really got the hang of that.
1: (laughs) They got headlines, but they didn't get the headlines they wanted.
0: Oh, right.
1: But all PR is good PR? Or... (laughs) I'm not so
2: sure about that <laughs>
1: they, they they have a they have a global reach now at least sorry so when you have the goals the values in, in these three pillars in place it's now time to look at the right tools to achieve this so you now know that we need to combine these three but how do we apply them how do we ensure that we are able to provide an dedicated workplace that fulfills or builds on these three pillars and fulfills the needs? And again, it's very non-technical, to be honest. You need strategy. You need, again, that vision, the values, the guidelines, the regulations. You need the documentation in place. Then you need a design which is the technical part, but that can also be just a translation of business needs. So I need to um, be able to sign documents, or we can even make it simple. I don't want to be at the office to handle onboarding of employees. Okay, what is the last thing you need to achieve or need to get to achieve that? I the only reason why I go into my office today is so that the new employee can sign the contract. Okay, the technical translation of that is we need digital signatures. So that kind of design is absolutely needed and we also need a service catalog, which is something that most of us likely will just run away from. But I've found that to be very useful in under- explaining to an organization how the third aspect of or the third tool which I tend to use works and that is the personas and personas can be both humans uh, based on a ter- certain kind of role or group but it can also be devices so it can be we need a point of sale device that is a device persona but in most cases it will be one or more groups that shares the same business needs
2: yeah, I actually, when you took, uh, mentioned that, I actually um, typed my uh, assignment agreement for the new company digital, digitally, so I didn't have mm-hmm. to actually travel to Stockholm to do that.
1: Nope. And, and that is something that we will see more and more, and, and the, there are different drivers, but we as architects need to understand that, see what is the real thing we need to crack here. And that can be something simple as that. So we first create our strategy. We create our personas. And usually organizations need much less personas than they believe starting off. And then we design the solution based on the strategy and to ensure that all all the personas have the services they need. And with that we are prepared to start working. And it won't be a big project where you change everything at once. It's impossible to build a new workplace and just say, this is the last day of the old one and this is the first day of the new. We will have to apply a continuous development of the digital workplace. And I know that Alexander, when when you and I, the first time we met uh, David Phillips, I did a short talk on that exact process that was my first real or coached talk on on how to speak to parts of your IT organization or the entire organization to be honest and I've since then often spoken about the operations of DevOps and an agile workplace but now it's time to make that happen and I get so much pushback for that idea like it it's and I know that both of you have experienced that as well when you start to talk about couldn't we do this another way couldn't we think more like developer does with agile and, and sprints and so on and what you usually get back is no that is not how we do things we can't do that it will ruin the stability of the platform or what not but we will never succeed if we try to make these huge projects that just we have a start date, and end date, and if we don't succeed with that, never mind. And they are usually so long that whenever we're done with the project, the technology we have been implementing is already legacy. So the three pillars that we need to have in mind is humans, technology, and framework. We need to use a strategy, a design, and personas to ensure that we can reach that and then build on top of that. And then we need that continuous development, that agility inside of the development process of operations and in this place, a digital workplace. And to get there, it's quite simple. We again need goals like... I remember speaking to Erin Davis uh, in Prague over one and a half years ago now, and like I think that she from like over and over again said it's the goal that matters. How the organization gets there, that is what a agile coach or whatever ensures. Like let the developers or the operations do what they need to do and just coach them and keep them focused on the goal. We need the strategies on how to get there Um, and then when we have the strategy personas and design we start to implement and then be prepared for feedback positive and negative or constructive and possibly non-constructive feedback and like always ensure that you're aligned with the goals and the strategy whatever you do So I will be posting a lot more on this topic, explaining the different aspects and and really doing my best to get organizations to adopt something similar to this, because there are a lot of other great architects out there. But you will be seeing a lot more content um, on this topic from me moving forward, and most of my assignments moving forward will be focused on that. But as always, we want to give you a couple of good takeaways from here. So, the three most essential things that I would like you, dear listener, to take away and, and think about is first and foremost, do you and your organization want to change? And regardless if it's a yes or no, why? Why do you want to change or why don't you want to change? And then evaluate where IT is today. Do you have the right leadership, the right visionaries, and the right organizations? Or organization to achieve change and then talk to your organization from the leadership team through IT and every everyone counts you want the voice from, from everyone and as, the more you speak to the more you will learn and the more people you speak to the more trust you will build for your IT department within the entire organization and talk to them about their goals and their dreams and their visions and how they think that you can help them Achieve that. So, what's your thoughts on this?
0: I have a few. Um,
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: So for, for starters, it, it sounds like you're kind of trying to apply um, DevOps on work modern workplace, so kind of workplace ops, if you will. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's not the technical aspects, but it's more the the um, iterative approach. To, to getting stuff done would that be correct
1: that is the way to work with this it's part of it's part of that transformation I do see that there are a lot of things you need to do first you need to set that strategy you need to know your personas but once you have the map once you have the goal then you can start applying it on an agile process or an agile cu- culture absolutely
0: do you find that the goal or the vision or such is a st- static thing or is that something that needs to be reevaluated as you go along as well
1: the vision should be fairly static
0: but then you of course
1: have different goals and you you break that down in the end but the vision should be a long term vision that won't change what do you want to enable with the digital workplace then you have goals that will help you move closer to the vision but that's the entire thinking around the vision in my opinion that it should sort of be unreach-
0: unreachable unreasonable
2: yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah I might also add that the strategy might change uh, from time to time as well Absolutely. so that's, that's not a static thing
1: no, no, the, the strategy, how to get there, like you, sometimes you need to redraw the map. Like you have your vision, you have a map which you start with, and then you try to reach that vision. And on the way, you achieve some certain goals. But then something happens. And then you need to take a step back, talk to your organization again. Maybe you did a big acquisition. Maybe you did a huge loss. We don't have the funding anymore to do what we intended to do what is the most essential parts that we should focus on now to still move towards the vision and towards the goal
0: and my my final question which i'm i'm trying to uh, formulate in my head as i as i talk does it matter if you have a predominantly on-site uh, workplace or if you have um, people working from home or people working only from home and so on and so forth. I, I see that as, as a tool, but not something mm-hmm. that drives drives, uh, drives the, the modern workplace implementation. What, what's your view on that?
1: It doesn't matter, in, in my opinion. Like Enabling users to work wherever it's suitable, both for them and for the organization, is part of the, the design and, and the strategy. So it doesn't really matter because I think that the IT department can take a greater role in ensuring that we have a very good place to work at home or in an airport or at an office. I personally think that it's a lot up to IT to ensure that we have good working from home workplaces. That's It's dependent on the country, of course, but to me ergonomics like tony mentioned is a huge thing and something that don't really find its place within the organisation in many instances but IT can play a huge role in that finding the right tables finding the right chairs finding the right keyboard and so on so to me it doesn't it doesn't matter
0: right
2: yeah because that that's very usually a thing that most people probably don't think about or know about at all pretty much so yeah I would definitely recommend you uh, put some more energy into that uh, point of view all
0: right that's interesting and as you say this is just the first step you're going to be posting or you you're you keep telling us that you're gonna keep posting more uh, as you as you move along
1: I I have honestly been posting two articles on LinkedIn uh, one on the B team and one on uh, when Windows doesn't make sense. And and they are sort of connected to this, especially the A&B team. But there will be more of that moving forward. I just have a little conference I need to take care of first.
0: <laughs> yeah, you kind of should have thought about that before. It, it soared to, what is it now, 1,500 people?
1: <clears throat> 1,900.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So, thank you so much for that one. I am eagerly looking forward to everything you're going to be writing because while this is not my wheelhouse, it is very much it it's basically what I've been talking about for years when it comes to yeah. BI. You cannot just go, "Oh, let's implement BI." You're going to find yourself in the ditch. So, iterative, yeah. uh, listen to people and always place the people first. Going to be going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and and in all fairness, like I work in this area, but it's as applicable. Everything I have for digital Workplace is applicable to a infrastructure project or a data project as well. Like strategy, how to get there. What is your goal? What is your vision with being data-driven? Just don't do data for the sake of data.
0: No, and do you know what the most depressing thing that I find in this conversation is? Me? No. Well, yes, (laughs) but no. (laughs) Good one. No, I find that we keep having it. For the last 20-odd years, I've basically seen the same discussion. We need to have goals. We need to know the answer to the question why. We need to have a vision. Why on earth is it so hard? But it is. And I don't think we're going to be able to solve that today.
1: But I I think I know why. Oh, And we'll move on now. Yeah. It's leadership. Honestly. Like... No one in, in, in I work in a number of organizations today, and what every single one of them lacks is a visionary or a visionary leader or someone that takes responsibility, someone is that is bold enough to stand up and say, I'm ready to listen, and this is my vision for moving forward. And and look at I think I think it's Per Anderson. Who have been working for Scania, for Volvo, uh, and now is working for Delaval, if I'm not mistaken. He's been that person for those organizations. He stands there as the leader for digital enablement. And I think that is what really prevents organizations from being successful. Someone who is bold enough and strong enough to take that role and lead
0: really prevents an organization
2: strong strong words very strong words
0: absolutely
1: I I, like I have at least three organizations I work with today not in that role one of them I do work in this kind of role but two others I don't and that is what preventing them from moving ahead with their digital workplace initiatives
0: because they don't lack of a leader not the leader (laughs) no sorry Okay, just Sorry. checking.
1: You will have to edit that in later.
0: <laughs> I think oh. so. All right, we digress as we generally do. Uh, it's it's time to start munching on the news, and I have a few pretty fun um, Power BI stuff that is not uh, going to be as as dreadfully technical as as they usually are. And the first one is well, I. I don't even know what words to use. Fantastic does not start to to explain it. So the Italians are at it again. <laughs> Marco and Alberto, out of absolutely nowhere, came up with, oh, we just did a new kind of site. So dax.do, as in do. It is a sandbox for anyone who wants to learn or work or just test out some dax. You don't need to download anything, and you can run any DAX code, and you can just try out things even if you don't have a Power BI desktop, even if you don't have any data. It doesn't matter. You can just write the DAX and test it out on their sandbox. It is completely free. You can link to any DAX code that you make. So if you want to embed it into, um, for instance, a blog post or whatever, that's why they built it in the first place. It is just there. It is a phenomenal resource for anyone who wants to really play with DAX. They already have their their kind of an encyclopedia when it comes to DAX, and they're going to be working on integrating DAX.do into that. So that's just just a phenomenal resource. Uh, When it comes to resources, uh, Power BI data flows can now display query plans. It can be kind of difficult to see, or it used to be kind of difficult to see what a data flow would actually do with uh, the query that it is uh, trying to um, to run, but with the data flows query plans, you can now see uh, graphically what it's going to try to do, kind of uh, SQL Server query plans. It's not as detailed, but it's getting there. So that's a really really nice addition that came out. I think it was last week. So y- just
1: to me now, I see that you write a. A code snippet, a query. Mm -hmm. Is query plans where you basically see that query visualized and like, I will get this data from this table Or, or how does it, how does it look? What can you gain from viewing it?
0: You can see um, if something is not folding as it should, i.e., you're pushing the predicates down to the the database. You can see where you're joining and, and unioning um, data, for instance. Ah, and okay. Basically, get it, get a feel for what is, what are the steps that the optimizer is going to need to do in order to give you the data that you you're asking for. Cool. And what's also very very cool, so the pass organization folded um, a couple of weeks back um, i mentioned that a few times and redgate stepped in and bought the um, the the old resources and they for instance took the uh, the the pass pro content that used to cost a lot of money and put that on youtube for anybody to see which is a f- amazing thing to do but microsoft was actually bidding with Redgate or, or trying to outbid Redgate to get the old past stuff now they didn't but they did it they, they they didn't stop there it, it didn't stop them for from uh, from actually putting their their idea into um, into practice so they have started the Azure data community gateway which is um, well as it sounds it's it's kind of a gateway where anyone who's running a, a data a, user group or, or data community can uh, put their stuff into. It's a blog uh, hub. It's a link hub. It's kind of the the really old school uh, portals. Now, Simon, you're, you're too young to know this, but yes, we used to have portals where you added links and stuff. So that's what the data community gateway is. It has just started. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna be uh, adding more to it as, as we go on. Power BI is the sixth consecutive year leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant. And that's pretty interesting. Um, I mean, staying the leader in the Magic Quadrant for six consecutive years is pretty impressive. The main um, competitors are Tableau and Click. But we are seeing uh, Google Looker, for instance, starting to come up as a challenger and um, ThoughtSpot and, and so on and so forth. We, we're going to see where they end up. But I had an interesting, or I I have witnessed an interesting conversation the other day. What is it that keeps you in the leader quadrant? Well, it turns out that it is very heavily skewed towards AI-infused decisions and that kind of decision-making. And Microsoft is adding both um, actual AI, as in you can add your own machine learning algorithms, and also the, the um, automatically generated, the auto ML stuff. And that is, uh, according to Gartner, where the future is heading. I'm not entirely sure that I agree because the, the, um, the potential is there, but the implementation today has quite some ways to go. Can I just
1: ask you one thing? Yes. Because I find this so interesting. Do your customers care
0: about Gartner? That is a great question. And yes and no. Uh, Do they look to Gartner when they're choosing their tool? Well, it depends on who you're asking. The C-level executives, yes, they do. They they want to have a validation that they're choosing the right product, but at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a race between Click, Tableau, and and Power BI. So, yeah, they really can't go wrong with either choice. Um, as you move t- downwards in the, in the organization, and your your goals or visions become more uh, oriented towards reality, if you will, then it instead turns to what can these tools offer? So in that case, Gartner kind of goes out the window and and documentation and and, and feature set is more important.
1: Yeah, I just find it interesting because that's a conversation I've actually been faced with a couple of times with MDM when, when Intune weren't one of the leaders. That, okay, we are not going to choose that because we aren't a leader in the quadrant. And that was usually also an argument from the, at that Time leader of the quadrant that you should choose us because we are the leader so it's an interesting discussion and I have while I've been growing up while I've been getting younger or younger, not younger, older uh, I've started to realize the good things about Gartner but it's still quite interesting how important that is for the decision making,
0: for good and for bad true it's not a technical discussion. It's a people discussion. And the uh, being able to say that we um, employ the, the leader in whatever tools that we are using, it does bear some weight in the uh, executive suite. Yeah. And finally, the Power BI February update just dropped, like literally just dropped, just a few minutes before we started to uh, record. And what's different between this one Uh, than the the other ones. This one is generally uh, about uh, updates. So they're fixing and and, and tweaking the already existing ones. But there was a small thing, kind of hidden, that if I had scrolled faster, I wouldn't have seen it. But it is a huge thing. So Parquet is a highly compressed columnar data store format that is fantastic when it comes to storing large amounts of data text data parquet has not been available as a data format previously it's only been available in um, in uh, data flows as of the february update to power bi desktop you can now access parquet files through the power bi desktop and that is an enormous enormous thing because now you can talk straight to an Azure Data Lake storing Parquet files. You do not need to go through the hoops of having a Synapse on demand pool reaching into the, uh, the Parquet files, and then you access the on demand pool through Power BI. So it is a huge change, and it did, did not get anywhere near the, the press that it should have gotten.
2: Awesome.
1: Tony you had a feature in the upcoming Windows 10 spring update that you're very happy to see.
2: Uh, That is very much correct. Uh, So uh, the upcoming spring update uh, contains a feature update which enables you to have a multi-camera support for Windows uh, for Business Hello, or Windows Hello for Business, sorry. Uh, And that is actually a feature I have been uh, struggling with myself. So I have multiple Windows Hello cameras and it's never the one that I want to use that is actually active. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, trying that one.
1: Yep. And I'm in the same situation as you that it never selects the camera I want, but it will now default to the external camera if you have both an internal and an external camera connected. Yeah, right. And, and speaking about that the naming and apparently they are now in agreement of the naming of the spring updates so that will be 21h1 and that will be delivered in the same way as the former fall updates so this will be a very very quick update for anyone running 2004 or 20h2 uh it will be released sometime during h1 2021 they haven't announced a date yet And apart from the multiple Windows Hello cameras, I also found one other aspect very interesting. They will be bringing improvements to WMI and group policy. So the group policy service and the Windows Management Instrumentation service will get updated uh, with performance improvements to support remote work scenarios, end quote. And that is likely the first time in a very, very long time someone had looked at WMI and group policy.
2: Yeah, that was my comment as well. I mean, come on, group policy improvements still? Like, what, 20 plus years later? That's pretty impressive. I'm looking forward to that. Great. Speaking about news,
1: we also have a new Config Manager technical preview that came out just last Friday and I actually have a few or one or two really Power BI news within that so now Alexander it's time for you to listen Uh, you can now (laughs) download Power BI report templates from the community hub so community hub within config managers is a marketplace for community content so you can get queries you can get uh, like ways of creating packages and so on, and you can get plugins and also Power BI reports. So you can basically publish your report within the repository and anyone can download your Power BI report. You can also have new favorite reports, again, Power BI reports, if you so desire, within Config Manager and a bunch of smaller improvements to... um, collection relationship viewer bitlocker over cloud management gateway and updated timings for windows updates so that it's less likely that a third or first party update will time out or run for too long when deploy when deploying them with config manager and speaking about config manager and therefore microsoft endpoint manager we have a final update on the solorigate or sunburst or solar winds hack from microsoft and the interesting aspect here like i highly encourage you to read the entire report on what microsoft have done with their internal and external investigation but what we know and what microsoft have confirmed is that three services actually Got breached, or the source code got accessed by the attacker within Microsoft. So the attackers got access to a small subset of Azure components related to the service security and identity, Intune components, and Exchange components. Ouch. Yeah. So we will see what that means. Uh, they know what code has been accessed, and they have confirmed that there were no sensitive information inside of that code. But you never know, we, we may seen it being used at some point.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that's, that's gonna be coming home to roost for quite some time going forward. Uh, there are gonna be some upcoming events and community stuff. And uh, you are gonna be doing your small teeny tiny uh, <laughs> something something tech fest, right?
1: Yeah, I, I guess this episode will be released during the day of the WVD Tech Fest, which it's quite interesting. We both, myself and Patrick Kurler, who is the co-organizer, and and he is in all honestly, honestly the the founder and uh, the the driving force around the event. I'm mostly supporting him, but we I we were both waiting to crush a thousand registrants, and we had a forms updating that continuously. And then Patrick started to uh, work on the information to the attendees and realized that the form wasn't working. So when we were waiting to get past 900 uh, attendees or registrants, we had already crossed 1,300 at that point. (laughs) So that was a a very happy mistake. Uh, And we are, as we speak, getting past 1,900 registered um, for the event. And hopefully we will be past 2,000 by the time it starts. And then we'll see how many that actually shows up. Uh, And at the same day, actually, also IGEL does their Disrupt conference where I have recorded an interview together with Simon Townsend, uh, who is the chief marketing manager for IGEL, in regards to my article on LinkedIn on where Windows just doesn't make sense.
0: Huh. And rumor has it that you're going to be um, having fun at Ignite as well.
1: Yes, I'm very happy to announce that I will be one of the co-hosts for a table talk named Level Up Your Career, where we'll talk about different aspects of career development and uh, how to get the most out of your, your experience. So that will be great fun, and that will be delivered... Uh, March the third, half past 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central European time.
0: There you go. And finally, you have the Teams uh, Teamsdagen.
1: <laughs> yes, a Swedish Teams event where I will be talking about um, how to improve the administrator experience of Teams. So 10, can't even remember the name of my session, but 10 tips for the Teams admin. You really
0: know how to choose your things, man. Apart from my friends, obviously. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: Then again, Alex, you are not going unemployed either here, so you have some events coming up too.
0: I do. I do indeed. So I was uh, accepted for the Power Platform Virtual Conference on March 9th 9th to uh, the 13th, and it's going to be an oldie but goldie that I've updated the um, Building an Empire with Power BI. And then I was chosen for Tekorama in uh, in May. Now, it's a long time until May, but Tekorama is one of my, my absolute favorite um, conferences in, in, in Europe. And uh, while this one is going to be uh, uh, virtual, they are eyeing a return to in-person event in November. But we're, we'll see where that uh, takes us. Uh, it, it's a long time until November. And as we've seen, the world can still pull a fast one on us.
1: Yeah, and, and to add to that, since this will be released after we have announced that at WVD Tech Fest, we will be doing a second WVD Tech Fest this year, in November, and we aim to do that a uh, do a physical event in November. So November 18th is what we are aiming for.
0: Do you have any idea where? So
1: no, not yet, but likely Germany or the Netherlands.
2: Oh. Or Mars. Sorry. Or, or Mars. Or, or Mars. Mars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we will keeping we will be keeping a social distance to the Earth. That works. That works. There
0: you also have the name for this episode. Social distancing to Earth. Yeah. I guess so.
2: So one more thing then. Uh, The MS Ignite Session Builder was actually released today. So that's just something you might want to check out?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, we are coming to the very end. Uh, Simon, uh, you have something coming up?
1: Yeah. um, I will be focusing most of my time, like I said, on digital workplace architecture, but that also goes hand-in-hand with a... Fairly big cybersecurity project, uh, which I will be leading, uh, and that will be a lot of fun, working with everything in the Microsoft 365 security stack, as well as actually being a support architect for a networking project. That will prove very interesting.
0: Well, that is indeed interesting. And I can just mention... Um, the reason my, my audio is not as the way it usually is. <laughs> I am stuck, or stuck. well, yes, I'm stuck in Hudiksvall, which is uh, 550 kilometers north. So I'm, I'm actually at a customer site for the first time in more than a year. Uh, it is different, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I think that's it for today. We've already, over time, as we usually are. Uh, again, thank you for listening. And uh, see you in two weeks. Bye.
2: Bye. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Needy Tech is a biweekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Tony Holopainen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at